And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today, folks. Hope you're having a wonderful day. God bless each and every one of you for staying in the fight. The fact that you're listening to this program, that you're listening to American Family Radio means you are staying in the fight. You are refusing to give up. And that is what it's going to take. I want to remind all of you that we would not have a country were it not for a man who absolutely refused to give up no matter how difficult, how painful, how hopeless things seem to be. And I'm talking about George Washington, who simply would not relent and proved that he was not fighting for his opportunity to be a tyrant, but that he was fighting for our liberty. And we are his intellectual and spiritual heirs. And we've got to have exactly the same attitude. Here's when it's over. When we win. <laughs> That's when it's over. When we win. And we're going to win. Folks, I'm absolutely convinced of it. We are going to win. Uh, and we're going to win because we are on the side of righteousness. We're on the side of decency. I don't know how many of you were, had an opportunity to watch any of the hearing, uh, Judiciary Committee hearing on the whistleblowers, the FBI whistleblowers. I'll tell you, folks, it is amazing to me to watch leftist Democrats become born-again defenders of law enforcement. I mean, it's hilarious. It re it's just hilarious to hear the you all are against law enforcement and you are in favor of defunding the police and you Republicans don't care about... What? Wait a minute. Are these the same people who were, were financing release of all the rioters and looters during the 2020 George Floyd series of race, race riots? Uh, somewhere over 700 riots. Are these the people who were denouncing the police and saying we need to reimagine policing and that we basically some of them just say we flat out we need to dismantle the police. All of a sudden they're defenders of law enforcement. And, you know, it hit me. They are actually supporters of law enforcement if the law enforcement will be their political arm. As always, it's about their agenda. So if law enforcement wants to become the jackboots of the Democrat Party, they will happily defend them. They don't want them, they don't want them enforcing the law. They want them enforcing their political agenda. And those who are willing to do that, they love them. As I've said, folks, it's not about the country. It's not about the people. It's about their agenda. As wicked, as twisted, as misguided it might, as it might be, they are focused like a laser on that and nothing else. Uh, these whistleblowers from the FBI, and you know, one of the things that really angers me about this and I have come to the conclusion that uh, Ray is indeed a, a, a corrupt official. I, I thought at first that he's just weak, just weak and just kind of uh, just a kind of a bureaucrat. But I'm beginning to think now that he's he's really corrupt. Because when you not only suspend somebody, and one guy said he got suspended simply because he questioned using SWAT teams to arrest nonviolent offenders or, 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 or suspects. 
I mean, you're going into Mark Houck. They arrested him like he was public enemy number one, like he was Al Capone or something. And and basically, I don't know whether it was in that particular instance, he, he raised the question of the use of resources. And this guy said, I have arrested, I think he said like 160 of defendants, 160 suspects. He said, when, and, and because they cooperated, because they they expressed a willingness to come in, we never had to use SWAT. And nobody was ever hurt, never any incidents. And here you've got the FBI calling out SWAT on Mark Houck as if the guy's hunkered down in his home with a machine gun ready to blow everybody away who comes near him. I mean, and all he had was a was a little incident on a on a uh, in front of a a um, an abortion clinic where a guy was intimidating his son and going at his son and he pushed him away and the the guy fell down i think he did a little you know uh, 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 he he deserved an oscar nomination for that but okay not hurt not injured nothing and they go arrest him like it's the end of the world this this we're we're going we we are going to arrest one of the most dangerous people on the planet. And so I think this, it was this guy Allen said, you know, he questioned that. He gets suspended. He gets his security clearance voided. And get this, folks, and this is the thing. They suspend them without pay. And apparently, as a member of the FBI, when you are suspended without pay. You cannot work until they give you permission to work. In other words, folks, this is third world stuff where you starve a person's family as punishment for daring to question you. And these are all people, at least two of them, decorated military careers, combat veterans, took an oath to the Constitution both in the military and with the FBI. I mean, clearly not partisans. I think they're being pushed into that corner by the craziness of these Democrats, but clearly not partisans. Just want the FBI to do its job properly. And they talked about instead of the one case of January 6th, they turned it into multiple cases by creating a, a case for every individual that they sought. So, so that way they were able to multiply the stats and make it look like there was white supremacy all over the country that we're investigating. It was a trick, a ruse. Said so normally we have a case, if an event takes place, that is a case, and then, the, then there are files open for individuals who might be involved. No, no, no. They sent these as separate cases to the various FBI offices around the country to make it look like there was a major problem with an attempt to overthrow the country and white supremacists everywhere who had to be investigated and arrested. In other words, they, they, they blew it up because of the political motive of making it appear that conservatives are very, very dangerous. In fact, as Joe Biden said at Howard University, they're the greatest terrorist threat to this country. And the thing is, I guarantee you, 99.99% of the people, and I don't know that any of the people who went in, but 99.99% were just patriots caring about the country, maybe getting a little bit overwrought, not white supremacists. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. The federal government is running out of money and needs to raise the debt ceiling. But the debate centers on whether Congress can bring some controls on spending before raising the debt limit. The argument for spending controls was strengthened by the latest numbers from the Congressional Budget Office for the month of April. April is usually the best month for the federal government since that is when tax payments are due from the previous year. 
But April 2023 budget surplus fell by $135 billion from April 2022. When you include various adjustments, the decline was $275 billion, and that means higher budget deficits for the rest of the year. The primary reason for the mounting deficit is spending, which is up 12% in the first seven months. Entitlements are up 11%, while education spending is up 56%. The other reason for the increasing deficit is decreasing revenue to the federal treasury, which fell by 10%. Individual income taxes fell 18%. Here's a quick summary. Spending has increased significantly, while revenue has decreased. And the president and many Democrats do not want any spending decreases tied to what they feel should be an automatic increase in the debt limit. Does that make any sense to you? By the way, it gets worse. Interest on the national debt rose 40%. That is due to the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. And the proportion of the federal budget is growing faster than any other area. And borrowing more money in the future will also be more expensive. The national debt is larger than our nation's gross domestic product. Federal spending is up and federal revenue is down, and the cost of borrowing more money is increasing significantly. That is why it is time to rein in spending. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Inflation, go to viewpoints.info slash inflation. That's viewpoints.info slash inflation. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. So let me just say before leaving that topic, and we can come back to it when we start taking your calls, I am so thankful to God for Representative Jim Jordan uh, and, and others like him who have the courage to go after these things. Because some of the things that were said, and, and for these, these whistleblowers as well, because the things that the Democrats were saying about them were, were as always, just ugly. And, and, and as always, they weren't bringing up facts or information to dispute the, what they were saying they were trying to discredit them as human beings. They were basically trying to say, you all are thugs, you all are punks, you all are racists, you, you all are, are you're, you're bad people, that's why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, and it's, it's saying that to combat veterans and people who have put their lives on the line for this country, and, it, and you look at these idiots who are raising these questions and ask, well, what have you done for the country? Well, what, what have you sacrificed for America? Getting rewarded pretty handsomely. What, what price have you paid? And these folks have put their, their livelihoods on the line. And, and I'll tell you something, folks. I, I have a particular antipathy for depriving people of the ability to care for themselves and their families. I, I, I just think that's as low as it gets. I really do. Because what you're, you know, you're like the cartels. When you tell when when they tell their operatives, well, you know, if if something goes wrong with you, you know, we're going to destroy your whole family. Of course, they mean kill them. But I mean, this 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 is this is this is gangster behavior. No, you can't work. Well, well how, how do you feed your your children? I, what, what, I mean, it, it's just it's evil, folks. It's evil, and so. We need to be praying for these these whistleblowers because they give us some hope of cleaning up the FBI. Some have suggested it's too late. It's just got to go. 
But if it can be cleaned up, it's going to take people like this speaking up. Well, I have a new phrase for you. Remember I came up with um, uh, race, racial obsession syndrome, ROS. Uh, that it's a psychological malady where there's racism here, there's racism there, there's racism everywhere. You know, you know if, you're, if, you're, if you're black or you're Hispanic or, you're, or whatever and you stub your toe, it, it was caused by racism. Let's just be clear about that. You know, so if you have, remember, I mean, they've actually said, folks, I told you, critical race theory actually teaches people if you have a negative interaction with someone who, if you are black and you have a negative interaction with someone who is white, you, that is because of racism. Now, if you have a negative interaction with somebody who's black, that's okay. But, but if the other person happens to be white, that's racism. It just, it, it really is a psychological malady. It is, it is extreme paranoia is what it is. But I've got a new one for you. There, because, of course, Cori Bush is, is and, and, a, and a number of other nutcases are demanding reparations. And I, I just love this very idea that somehow any person is entitled to be paid for something that ended 150 years ago on the theory that whatever their lives are or are not is because of what happened 150 years ago. I mean, you you can't make this stuff up. It's just, it's fiction. The child born today, I was born in 1952. The life I've had has had absolutely, race has nothing to do with it. Period. Now, of course, here again, you can say, well, had it not been slavery and been for slavery, your ancestors might not have come here. That's true. Thank God they came. Oh, thank God they came. Sure, would I would have preferred it to be under different conditions? Absolutely. But, you know, I really believe God was in the process of, of making something happen. And I've said before, if God had to wait until people did things right, he wouldn't get much done. He's got to work through the vehicle of human mistakes and, and, and fallibility and sin and error. In the same way, he put Joseph in place in Egypt through the sin of his brothers. God didn't engineer the sin, but thank God he's able to outthink us and he can even turn a curse into a blessing. And as far as I'm concerned, my ancestors coming here is a blessing. And of course, you all have heard me say this before. You want reparations? If you are black as I am and you're the descendant of, of, of people who were slaves, you want reparations? Here's your reparations. You're an American. Period. End of discussion. That's your reparations. You're an American. Because Africans want to come here. Asians want to come here. Hispanics want to come here. People from all over the world want to come here. You're here and you're an American citizen. There's your reparations. And you can thank me later. <laughs> so, but here's, here's a new one I've come up with. I, I really believe these inspirations come from the Lord. Some say, well, that might be taking a bit far. But I'm calling them now, from now on, I'm calling them rip-off rations. Because that's what, 14, she's saying, the country owes $14 trillion to, to black Americans who are descendants of slaves. $14 trillion. Now, where's that money going to come from? It's going to come from American taxpayers. And guess what? I'm one of those taxpayers. So in other words, you're going to take my money to give to people in this generation for things that they never endured or experienced for things that happened to people several generations back, committed by people who've long who are long since dead. It's just, it's just crazy. It's it's just crazy. And it just really needs to be dismissed out of hand. And you know, these candidates running need to go after this stuff and say, somebody just needs to say, let's just get something straight right now, okay? There will be no reparations. Period. Now let's talk about this. How about 
developing a plan for your life and what you want to do in the greatest nation in the history of mankind with more opportunity, more wealth, more educational options than any other nation that exists. Let's talk about what you are going to do for you as opposed to what somebody else owes you. Because nobody owes you anything. What is this stuff? And you know, some folks, that's not a Republican principle. That's the way my daddy raised me. My father taught me, son, nobody owes you anything. You earn what you get in life. Now, we got these, these hustlers try to convince people that they're owed $14 trillion. I mean, and it's, it's, it's so outrageous, it's laughable. And I know a lot of uh, our, our, our politicians won't say that because, of course, the first thing that's going to happen is going to be called a racist. <laughs> I tell people, you know, you haven't lived until you've been called a black white supremacist. <laughs> you, know, it's just, you, you haven't had any fun in life until you have been called a black white supremacist. So just bring it on. As far as I'm concerned, there will be no reparations. Get up off your backside, open books, study, develop a skill, develop a plan, pursue good things in life, stay out of trouble, stay off the streets, don't go out ripping people off and robbing people and dealing drugs and get married before you have children and you will be amazed. At what a wonderful country this is. Now, let me add one more thing since we're on this topic. Race hustler in chief, Al Sharpton, because we don't hear much of Jesse Jackson. I have a feeling he may be sick. because I don't, I don't wish ill on the man, but I have a feeling he may be sick because you, you almost never hear or see him these days. Something is up. But race hustler in chief now, Al Sharpton, will be preaching the funeral for Jordan Neely. Why in the world do they bring this race pimp to deal with situations like this? Why? Why? Because as far as I'm concerned, all he does is denigrate the life of Jordan Neely, who frankly had some serious problems. But all he does is make it worse. Because all he's going to do is bring a whole bunch of racial demagoguery to the to, to this situation and, and do a tremendous disservice to, uh, to Daniel Penny, who was a Marine, one of my fellow Marines, who simply stepped up to try to relieve people on that train of the threat of being harmed. And there are people on that train from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of races, and to call him a racist because he tried to subdue a potential perpetrator is, is utterly ridiculous. But that's what he'll do. And by the way, he'll go to that funeral in a limousine. And he'll leave in a limousine. And most of the people who go will barely be able to get there in cars. He's got a multi-million dollar a year budget. He flies around in private jets. And then whines about how terrible America is and how, how hard it is. He and LeBron James ought to get together and sing that song together. It's hard to be a black man in America. Well, couldn't tell by you. You seem to be doing quite well. I mean, folks, this, this stuff has just got to, it's got to stop. It really does have, just, it just has to stop. And thank God for those conservative black voices out there like Alan West, who we just honored, and Larry Elder, and Star Parker, and a number of others, too many to, to mention, who are telling the truth. Back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. The carpenter from Nazareth had about him some very definite human qualities for the very simple reason that he was very definitely a human. Two of those qualities stand out. Without them, 
life can hardly be worth the effort of living. The first quality which the Galilean had and which we need is that in every bad situation he saw some good. Things must never get so dark that we cannot still see the light needed for living. It was a bad situation that Christ saw the tax collector Matthew in, but Jesus saw the good in Matthew the man. It was a bad situation when Peter ran out on his Lord, but Jesus saw the good in Peter, even the faithfulness and steadfastness. Jesus even nicknamed him the Rock. The cross was a bad situation, man's highest contempt for God. But Jesus saw the good which could come from it. The second quality of Jesus which you and I need is this. In every problem he saw a possibility. In every problem he faced, Jesus sought and found some possibility through which he could bring honor to his Father. Faced with the problem of traveling through Samaria, a country avoided by the Jews, he used the occasion for the possibility of revealing who he was to a sinful Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. Faced with the problem of worried disciples on the Sea of Galilee in a storm, he found the possibility to show the power and concern of God. The secret here is that we strive to be like Christ. In every bad situation, we need to look for the good. If we look for the good, we will find it. If we look for the bad or look to find fault, we'll find that. Thoreau Harris once wrote, Look for the beautiful. Seek to find the true. No person can honestly call himself a follower of the Galilean who continually looks only for what is wrong. Jesus was a positive person who believed in the power and the goodness and the concern of God. He believed in a God who could and would help in every situation. We also need to look for the possibilities in every problem. John Wesley, with the church doors of England closed to him, turned reluctantly to preaching in the open air. It opened a whole new, exciting, and extremely rewarding way of life to him. There's an old saying which contains much truth. Every adversity hides a possibility. We can actually turn bad problems into good possibilities. Pilgrim's Progress was written in Bedford Jail where John Bunyan was a prisoner because he preached religious toleration and freedom. The famous preacher Charles Spurgeon once said that many men owed the grandeur of their lives to their tremendous difficulties. Occasionally, when our vision is blurred by problems, we cannot see sights which at other times are so clear. When this happens, we need more than ever to remember that the oyster turns into pearl the sand which annoys it. In every bad situation, look for the good. In every problem, seek the possibility. If you'll do these things, they will help you live and love it. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Since I brought up LeBron James, I'll just mention that Forbes listed him as the fourth highest paid athlete in the world and a billionaire a billionaire. So when somebody like that says, oh, it's hard, it's hard. <laughs> it's like, you know, you want to you want to get on a ladder and reach up and just dope slap him. <laughs> you know, just say, what are you talking about? Then look, the number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. But you know, folks, this stuff to me, it all it gets to be almost like mental illness. It really does, where reality just doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's delusional. You, you are caught up in a paranoid kind of hypnotic state. Some kind of miasma, you know, like you're, you're I don't know, but, but you're, 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 not, you're not right in the head. Let's put it that way. You're not right in the head. 
And unfortunately, you know, cults feed on mass submission. It people people feed on each other. This 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 sense of unreality. Did you see the um, the uh, Adidas the new Adidas model for women's pride? He's a man with hair on his chest, wearing women's outfits, and I, I guess it's supposed to be swimwear or something. It looks thoroughly disgusting. That's what Adidas now is putting out there for women's pride, a guy wearing these women's outfits. I mean, this is what I mean. This, you just think the people who sat there and filmed that, did they ever stop to say, this is nuts? And maybe they didn't because, you know, people who really are delusional, psychotic, they don't think they are. They think everybody else is. You, right. You, you know that that's yeah. No, no, no. We're, I'm not crazy. You're crazy. Oh, you don't you don't see that pink elephant dancing on the head of that pin. Oh, well, you just haven't arrived at my level of insight. 888-589-8840 is the number. You, you got to laugh at some of this stuff, folks, to, to keep from crying. It's serious, but sometimes it, it is so utterly ridiculous that, you, you you know. But let's come to your calls. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's go to Michael in Alabama. Michael, welcome. Uh, this is Michael. Uh, how are you doing today, Bishop? I, I just am... wanted to make a... Oh, excuse me. No, no, go ahead, Michael. I'm blessed. You, go, an, go ahead. I just wanted to make an observation. You know, our the president and these people that's so concerned about white supremacy, with them being white, why don't they just go and turn themselves over to BLM and Antifa and say they're taking care of the white supremacy problem? Yeah, if, if right, if they're the source of it, not only that, give up all your land, give up all your money. Exactly. Just turn it all over and say, this is the least I can do to, to participate in rip-off rations. Uh, so, Michael, thank you for the call. Let's go to Jack in Texas. Jack, welcome. Hey, how you doing today, Bishop? Doing great, Jack. How you doing? I'm all right. You know, you were talking about that restoration, and, uh, and I'm also bringing up that uh, student uh, loan forgiveness. You know, the old yeah. saying about... You put a carrot in front of a horse, and uh, he'll work all mule. He'll work all day trying to get that carrot. I think that they dangle that before yep. the peoples just to get their votes. And if I'm not mistaken today, bitch, I heard on the radio some congresswoman want to start the impeachment on Joe Biden. That's my comment. And I hope you have a good day, bitch. All right, Jack. Thank you so much for the call. I never heard the carrot in front of the horse uh, analogy, but I think it's an apt one, and I think you are absolutely right. Thank you for the call, Jack. Let's go to Essence, also in Texas. Essence, welcome. Hey, Bishop. Um, we already know God created us in his image. He made us male or female, not male and female, just or. Anyway, to mutilate mm. the body in confusion is to remake yourself in the image of Antichrist. Satan is confusing the two sexes in order for people to receive the son of perdition. I love you, Bishop. Mm. Have a great day. Essence, thank you so much. You too. You know, folks, just quickly, I preached a sermon one time, and I said this. Satan is the first trance. Satan is the first trance. And you know what my point is? Because he's an angel who wanted to transition to be God wasn't satisfied with what God made him to be. No, 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 no. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the sides of the north. I will be like the most high. And think about that. Just rank rebellion against God wouldn't remain, wasn't satisfied to be what God made him to be. Oh, no, 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 no. He's going to exalt himself and he's going to create himself to be what he wants to be. And you're right. You are absolutely right, Essence. That's exactly what's going on. Um, 
Okay, let's go to Brett in Mississippi. Brett, welcome. Hey, Bishop. Thank you. I have a lot of respect for you. I have a question slash statement, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, in today's world, how many Republican flag-raising gun owners stand up for the American anthem, Trump-loving straight church-going people do you see shooting up schools and burning cities down? Well, Brett, I know that's a rhetorical question. And, of course, the answer is none. None. Thank you. Thank you for the call, Brett. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, none. None. And, folks, look, I was an active member of the Tea Party. I was the first, the launch of the day, the, the day the Tea Party launched, I spoke at one of the rallies. And one of the things that people observed throughout the Tea Party uh, heyday was how orderly, how peaceful, how clean, always leaving places in better shape than they found them, cleaning up all their stuff, and no violence. And in fact, I saw at Tea Party rallies when people wanted to come and run around with the Confederate flag, that Tea Party people would say, no, no, because you're distracting from what we're here for. You're, you, you are giving the wrong impression. Uh, and so I, some of the greatest experiences I had, folks, were going to those Tea Party rallies. And what they say about them? They're a bunch of racists. They're, vi- they're angry, violent white people. I mean, but that's, look, don't be surprised when they lie. Be surprised when they don't. Let's see. Let's go to uh, Greg in Minnesota. Greg, welcome. Hi, Bishop. Thank you. I just wanted to add to the ridiculousness of the reparation thing. You know, the total American money supply, which is all alone, is about $34 trillion. So if we we're going to pay 14 in reparations, that would take about 41% of the total money supply. So that's just what I wanted to say. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for that little statistical analysis there, that monetary analysis there, Greg. Uh, but you look, that's a small price to pay for ripoff rations, isn't it? Because after all, um, this country was built on slavery, which is another lie that they told. Uh, in my book, I talk about this, folks. Slavery didn't propel America forward. Slavery held America back because it skewed the marketplace. It made it more difficult for ordinary people to earn a living. It, it, it suppressed wages. It made it unnecessary to do some of the innovation that could have happened in the South because people were so dependent upon cheap labor. It, it, in many ways, it held us back, not to mention, just talking to my producer about this, over 600,000 Americans lost their lives in the Civil War and vast destruction that had to all be redone. Slavery, America's built on slavery. That, that is a lie out of the pit of hell. We'll be back in a moment. God made his design for marriage absolutely clear. July 6th through the 8th at the Cadence Bank Arena and Conference Center in Tupelo, Mississippi, it's the Marriage Family Life Conference 2023. Strengthen your marriage and your family with Abraham Hamilton III, Dr. Kathy Cook, Miki Addison, and many more. The Youth Apologetics track is back as well. The Marriage Family Life Conference 2023, for His glory alone. Register today at marriagefamilylife.net. Hi, this is Miki Addison. Join me, my husband Will, and our kids for AFA at the Ark. We'll also be joined by Wesley and Walker Wildman and their families as we host a mini conference at the Ark Encounter, October 26th and 27th. AFA has reserved a block of rooms at the Marriott Cincinnati Airport Hotel, which will be available at a discounted price. Space is limited. Learn more and register at marriagefamilylife.net. And I hope to see you at the Ark. 
Here's Bert Harper on the AFA Fishbowl Retreat 2023. We are so determined to come alongside the church and to support pastors who share Christ with others, but also stand in the gap for righteousness. And Fishbowl will encourage that pastor to be that kind of a man. Bert and his wife Jan are hosting again this year with speakers Jeff and Debbie Shreve from Real Truth for Today. Every difficulty that comes into your life and my life, it's a test of faith. The stormy sea where Jesus is asleep in the boat, that's a test of their faith, and they didn't do very well. And so most of the time when we ask that question why, God's response is, my child, just trust me. The AFA Fishbowl Retreat 2023, September 26th through the 28th at the Riverbend Retreat Center in beautiful Glen Rose, Texas. Register at repairingthefoundations.net repairingthefoundations.net or call 662-844-5036 extension 297. This is Abraham Hamilton III with AFR, and we're sending Bibles to Asia. Here's Michael with Bible League International. Persecuted believers in Asia, they love their enemies, and they count it all joy to suffer for the Lord. Abir is a former Islamic leader in Bangladesh. When he became a believer, he was beaten, verbally abused, his home was vandalized, he was forced to move to another city, and he was labeled a traitor. But he holds to the precious promises of God he reads every day in his Bible. I asked Abir, beaten, you were cast out. It's so easy to hate people that do this to you. He said, no, I love that. Christianity is growing fastest in the world in the region of Asia, but nine of 10 believers here have no Bible. We're a third of the way to our goal to bless 16,000 Bibleist believers by the end of June. And would you keep us moving there today, Abraham? $5 sends a Bible. That's only $5 for a Bible. $100 sends 20, $500 sends 100. You can give by calling 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-YES-WORD. Or visit sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. By the way, folks, we didn't mention this, that, you know, they closed those gyms. They were going to open those gyms to illegal immigrants. My understanding now that 50% of the hotel rooms in New York City are taken up by illegal immigrants. Uh, New York City is no longer even a safe place to go visit. It really isn't. In fact, I'm I'm due in New York um, next month. And I had a friend say, "Listen, stay. I'm, you know, we stay at my house in New Jersey, and 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 we'll get you over to New York. Don't don't stay in New York. I mean that that's how crazy this has gotten. They are trying to turn our country into a dystopian basket case. Frankly, it it, it really is. A, it's a and that's a, it's a sad thing to watch these people just basically bring destruction." upon the greatest constitutional republic that the world has ever known and, and, the, and the, the, the most peaceful, most prosperous, um, most, most productive nation in the history of the world. And they are just trying to dismantle it piece by piece. And folks, we're not going to let them do it. We're simply not going to let them do it. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's come to first time caller, Courtney from Alabama. Courtney, welcome. Thank you. I just want to say thank you for all that you do. Um, I'm a first-time mom, so I get, um, you know, all the first-time emails and everything. And this morning, I received an email from Gerber Insiders for moms, and they are wanting us to celebrate Pride Month. And they want you to celebrate by sending in pictures or videos by, you know, just to celebrate them. But (laughs) I just wanted your comment on that. Courtney, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for calling. Really appreciate it. Call again sometime. Well, by the way, folks, this gives me an opportunity to tell you that uh, my organization, Stand, Staying True to America's National Destiny, is declaring from Mother's Day to Father's Day, celebrate traditional marriage and family month. And we've got a banner that we'll share with people and some literature that we, we this is the first time we've done it, so we, we don't have as much as we'll have next year. But, but I'm tired of just cursing the darkness. We're, we're turning on the light. Let's celebrate mothers and fathers and children and, and families the way God designed them rather than this nonsense that the world is trying to push on us. Uh, you know, many of you said I should run for president. I'll tell you this. If I did, there wouldn't be any Gay Pride Month po- proclamation. You can rest assured of that <laughs> because, oh, my goodness, why in the world— 
don't we need leaders who are going to stop and say, I'm not I'm not I'm not issuing that. How about an issuing of a Thanksgiving proclamation like the one George Washington issued? It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits and to humbly implore his favor and protection. How about that? 888-589-8840 is the number. And Gerber, I mean, here again, what do do they want? What are they trying to do? Promote gay babies? Lord have mercy on us. Let's go to Mary in Texas. Mary, welcome. I appreciate you taking my call today. I appreciate your stand. I wanted to make a comment about Clarence Thomas and how they're wanting to form a special committee to investigate the gifts he's received, well, excuse me, you better start in the House chamber and the Senate chamber and the crookedness that people have made money off of inside trading. And it's been in the news in the past years how our fellow lawmakers have benefited from what they inside know. And I can't understand why they don't go after Mitch McConnell. Years ago, his wife, who has a Chinese communist father, gave her $25 million. Now, if you don't think that's a conflict of interest, Mm -hmm. I don't know why they're going after Clarence Thomas. I watched his hearings years ago, and they're still out to destroy him. Thank you for taking my call. All right. Thank you for calling, Mary. You're absolutely right. As far as I'm concerned, I, I still want a full hearing and explanation of what Eric Swalwell told this Chinese spy that he was sleeping with. The FBI kind of exonerated him and said, oh, no, there's no problem. But based on what we're hearing about the FBI, that might have just been a leftist whitewash. What secrets did he give up? What did she learn from him? You better believe she wasn't going with him because he's just a handsome guy and and because he's charming. I mean, please, these people are so corrupt. They're off the scale. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Kathy in Arkansas. Kathy, welcome. Hey, um, all this craziness is Romans one twenty eight <laughs> that God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not yep. to be done. And I know everybody listening knows that. But for me, we're just living in the days of Noah, and we're between judgment and destruction and um i think of jeremiah the prophet he just it was so painful for him he just kept telling jeter you know repent the babylonians are coming uh, you know they laughed at him through and in a well all this stuff and we have not repented i mean you know god sent yeah. warnings uh 9-11 you can think of other natural events i mean god bends evil to his will but we've not repented, and the pulpits are not, you know, uh, taking on social um, sin and speaking up about it. So, I yeah. mean, we're between those two things, and it is very painful to watch. It, it, it's just so sad. I'm well, a grandmother, you know, and uh, that's, to me, that's where we are. Kathy, minds. That's the only way you can explain this. Yeah, thank you for the call, Kathy. Uh, the Bible says there's thinking themselves to be wise, they became fools. Let me just tell you all quickly why I do not believe that judgment is coming to America, at least not anytime soon, and why I believe we're going to have a great awakening. Remember something, folks. In the Old Covenant, there was no Redeemer, right? There was no Redeemer. We have a Redeemer, and he's already taken upon himself the wrath of God. That means that the wrath of God does not abide on us. The word says so. It says the, the, the wrath of God no longer abides on us who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I would add that to this. God told Abraham, because Abraham found grace in God's sight and Abraham accounted righteousness was accounted to him. God told Abraham if he could find 10 righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah, he would not destroy the cities. How many righteous do you think there are in the United States of America? Millions, millions. And, and Kathy, we have repented. That's why we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, because we 
we saw ourselves for what we were, sinners in need of salvation. We repented and asked God's forgiveness. He forgave us, cleansed us with the blood of Jesus Christ. And now we are intercessors in behalf of our country. And if Abraham was under the, even before the old covenant, he just had the Abrahamic covenant with God, was able to intercede in behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah in such a way that God said, if you get me 10 righteous, I'll spare the cities. I really believe that the intercession of the saints of God for our country is what gives us hope that rather than judgment, we're going to see an awakening happening in our nation that is going to turn this situation around. But thank you for the call, Kathy. That, that is my hope. That is my expectation. And that's what I'm praying and believing God for. Let's go to Rob in Texas. Rob, welcome. Hey, Brother Bishop, Senior Jackson, love the show. <laughs> thank you, Rob. Rolling over this. I've been mulling over this statement of Joe Biden's that white supremacy is the greatest threat to the, to the country. And I think for the first time in his presidency, he may have stumbled into the truth because he's demonstrated a lifetime of white supremacy. And I do believe that he is the greatest threat to the nation that we have, <laughs> that we can point to at the moment. Ah, uh, interesting. You, God bless you, Rob. Interesting the way you turn that around. Well, you know, folks, I said this. Leftists are the biggest racists on the planet because they still have a mindset that they own certain classes of people and should be able to dictate to them what they think, what they say, how they behave, and who they are. Remember Joe Biden saying, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. I mean, what is that? That's about as racist as it gets. I'll define whether you're black or not by whether you bow to me. Oh, my goodness. So I think you, 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 hit, you hit quite a point there. Um, he needs to take a hard look at himself. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mike in Missouri. Mike, welcome. Hey, this is your Marine brother up here, buddy. Uh, Separify. You were, talking about, you were talking about reparations. I think Cory Bush... If he, uh, if, if he thinks uh, people ought to pay reparations, he ought to first look to the African countries over there because when the Europeans started buying slaves, they found out it was easier just to buy them from the local natives because they, yep. they were worn willing to sell them to the Europeans for a profit. Mike, you are absolutely right. Thank you for the call. African nations were complicit in the slave trade. It could not have happened without that complicity. And I've often said that. So if you're going to really go start talking about reparations, that's where you have to start. Because they were the ones who facilitated the process. Thank you for the call, Mike. Okay, let's see. Let's go to Carl. First time caller. Carl in Ohio. Hello. Um, my question would be this. Um, is there not a general or colonel or whatever uh, in the military that could take over the country, remove Biden, and restore the country back? Yeah. yeah. They are take, they've taken an oath to uphold the Constitution, and it seems like nobody's really doing anything to save the nation. You know, I would rather live under uh, military rule for a short period of time. Okay, well, Carl, thank you for the call. I'm going to I am going to vehemently disagree with you on this one. The last thing in the world we need is a military junta because you know they're notorious for taking over and then not ever turning over. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. You know who's got to do this, get this job done? We the people. We the people have got to elect leaders that are going to revere the constitution. And, and really want to serve the American people, not themselves. That's going to do it for today, folks. God bless each and every one of you. Stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up. Because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit. Because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.